Hello and welcome to the Film Ireland podcast. Today we have a very special podcast in partnership with the Dublin International Comedy Film Festival. We're going to be chatting with a panel of funny women and filmmakers whose shorts are featuring in the really great lineup. The festival takes place on the 29th and 30th of November in the Lighthouse Cinema, and then the 1st and 2nd of December takes place in Generator. We have Zoe Brennan Whitmore, Jada Debris, and Aoife Kelly. So, first up, I'm going to ask the three of you to introduce your films. Great. Um, my name's Zoe Brennan-Whitmore. I am the director of Unhinged. Um, Unhinged is a comedy drama about a millennial woman called Sive, who has just seen the love for life and office crush Dara on a dating app. So we kind of meet her when she has about 24 hours to really tell him whether she likes him or not and swipe right. Um, but that's the decision making for that is made all the more difficult by these three manifestations of her intrusive thoughts, which make up some of the worst slash weirdest men you could meet on a dating app. Um, so we basically have to follow her along and see if see if she makes the ultimate decision and see if she if she swipes right. So the one thing I did not expect to do with those three intrusive thought characters was actually grow to really warm to them by the end of the film that I did that I did that I was really surprised because they are sort of the worst of the worst. The what is a performative feminist, the the gym guy, and the, the crotch guy, I think is he's known as. But I do they have a really good banter and and a and a and, and like very defined personalities for imaginary characters. Talk to me a little bit about them, actually. Yeah, it's um <laughs> it's funny that you say very formed characters because obviously they're 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 like really formed through stereotypes so like it's all about perception and, and these kind of very um singular perception of people that you get on dating apps um unfortunately or fortunately for myself and Mary we've done quite a lot of personal research <laughs> on, on dating apps <laughs> um so yeah so those are just kind of formed through our own experiences Mary kind of wrote it um with those in mind and um it was actually so much fun to do that research and like look into um I suppose who you who we perceive as kind of the the mainstay personalities you might see on dating apps and or who might be the most unhelpful in um Mary's situation like we're really inspired by the likes of Moon Boy or like um you know uh, Drop Dead Fred or like films that have that imaginary friend character but just kind of flipping that on its head and making them very, very unhelpful. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, no, is it was really kind of important to try and show, even though these are kind of one-dimensional characters, they're they're intrusive thoughts from from Sive's uh, kind of own brain. Um, but it was really interesting to kind of try and and bring out um a third dimension with them. Um, so yeah, and look, we had like. The most amazing cast, like the lads who play our ghosts, um, Shane, uh, John and Coleman are just absolute comedy wizards and they just gelled so well. Um, it was, you can imagine, like every day was a laugh on set and I wish we could do it more. <laughs> I, was I like, would oh, watch the like, shit oh. out of a series. Like I was so hooked. Like I could watch that long form. I could watch the three of them long form. There's so much heart inside the character and that like emotional honesty. I was like, definitely. And on the topic of ghosts, of um, of 
female friendship, of dating going horribly, horribly wrong. Let's move on to the next one. Jada, tell me about tell me about yeah. ghosted. And again, like it's so <laughs> truthful. It's it's so funny. Um Oh God, except for, except for your antagonists aren't quite so lovable in this. <laughs> oh, yuck. No, they're not. There's, yeah, there's, um, so Ghosted is a, it's an actor's creator short. So it was written um, by Sarah Jane Scott um, and I directed it and, um, uh, yeah, and she also uh, uh, performs in it as well. So it is, yeah, it's, it's very much kind of of the same ilk of the, the kind of um, the horrors of, of the dating um, app world but uh it's more about a, a or it ends up being more about a female friendship um and how you can end up ghosting your friends um you know for something that is that is seemingly perfect um that devolves into uh into something that is quite cringe and quite strange you know and um so yeah it is about a uh, Karina who's our main character who um gets ghosted by a guy on a, a dating app and um and her best friend, who she's been kind of ignoring, uh, is obsessed with true crime and uh, and thinks he's dead. So they go on a little investigation uh, to find out whether there's a, a crime scene at his house or whether she was just um, rejected. Um, so it is it is that kind of. Uh, but I haven't had an experience on dating apps, so that was that was very interesting. I had to get all of the experience from uh, from Sarah Jane and uh, and delve into it that way. Wow, you're I'd say you're a unique one to to have avoided all that. Well done. How did you do it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I was too busy making movies. <laughs> and found people organically. What in real life? Uh, real life reality. Not like hey. 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 <laughs> I should be on them more because I can get more and more material out of them for films. I know I was half thinking of downloading something. I'm married, but just saying to my husband, I'm going <laughs> to create an AI fake face and I'm just doing it for research because it sounds mental. It's a good idea. God, and okay. So so now, and, and Eva, in your one, what's really good is your antagonist isn't um a, a terrible love interest. It's the it's our it's our lead ourselves. <laughs> Tell me about panic. Uh yeah. So panic uh is uh Hi, I'm Aoife O'Kelly, by the way. Uh, so I'm the writer and director of Panic. And it's a story about the story is about a woman who has left her remote working job and she now has time to fulfill her ambition of writing a book finally. And now she's all the time in the world. But unfortunately, she doesn't anticipate all the distractions that are going to abound both around her and within her. So the film's really about, yeah, you know, uh, what happens when you put a lot of pressure on yourself creatively and how that can kind of lead to, you know, self-doubt creeping in and then procrastination and uh, ultimately trying to self-sabotage your own life um, and, you know, uh, doing anything to avoid the thing that's meant to be done. So while there's a lot of comed comedic elements in that, um, there's definitely this growing internalized panic within the character uh to that who's aware she's not doing that thing so I love that and and the I think the self-sabotage is so vehement when you know like she does get an opportunity and it's there the 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 the, the potential is there to succeed and, and that's half of it as well but the physical comedy in that as well and what what that is it's no mean feat to sustain sustain something for that length to get that across but to have 
like really one character interacting with screens. It's very it, like it, it's kind of a testament to your writing and the performance. Oh, thank you. Uh, also a testament to low budget. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it, no, I really did want to capture a bit of that uh, time period, like the film, you know, was born out of lockdown a bit where it's funny because I was trying to do something else. I was trying to write something else, a different project. And uh, I was finding myself getting distracted and I was observing kind of the mad things I would end up doing rather than trying to do the project. And eventually, you know, you get into such a block that uh, uh, I started just writing. I was like, oh, this little story. Funnily enough, I did have an issue with my radio that I was like, I think I'm just going mad. I'm focusing so much on fixing this radio now than actually uh, doing the thing that he's doing. So why don't I just make some notes and write a little short and have achieved something there? And then that kind of grew as I was really enjoying exploring the different ways of showing this kind of frustration and uh, self-sabotage, really. And tell me, okay, so you're writing that, um, you know, about a character, you're creating the world. How many drafts, Eva, does that go through? Um, you know, that one, what the issue with that film initially was there's lots of ways to be, try to be funny and, uh, and make like different moments, but trying to make that into a full story, especially like a, essentially a one character film. How do you make that into uh, some sort of narrative arc and where is this going? And it's, and I guess the idea was that like, I wanted it initially, maybe at the end, she does achieve the thing. Uh, not to spoil the film, but it's more, I felt like that's maybe not so true to the reality. And it's a vicious cycle when you're trying to, uh, a kind of highs and lows of trying to create something. So um, yeah, I guess for this particular film, not that many drafts because it, it was born out of that like observations and just making lots of little notes. And then I kind of what I do is over this course of weeks, we'll just be writing, jotting things down and then do it all in one kind of burst. And so maybe uh, two or three drafts and then just tweaking as I went. And especially when I met the actor and what we could kind of talk about things and um, yeah, kind of took it from there. Fabulous. And actually, Zoe, yours is um, co-written um, with, is it Mary? Oh, Mary is the full-blown writer. I was just in yeah. the background. Mary so do you, is the writer. Does yeah. she develop that separately then with um, Virgin Media and then you come on board for the final shoot and, and get the, the vision down? Because that project was more of a writer's-led one, wasn't it? At the beginning stages or was it about pairing people together? Yeah, so um, the Virgin, so it was the winner of the Virgin Media Discovers Award. Um, so the process with that is that you've kind of put together a pitch. Um, you don't have to put in a, a full script. Um, you just put in a, like an idea and a treatment and a budget and all those lovely things. Um, and then uh, you pitch with a team. So um, myself, uh, Mary Kerwin, and um, one of our producers, Fiona Dwyer, um, put it in together um, from my production company, Heritage. 
and we got um we off, we got through which was great um so um in the process of that when you get shortlisted to the final 10 i believe you get given a mentor and then you also get a script editor that comes on board and helps you develop the actual script then and then at the end and uh, when you get to the final you pitch it in front of a panel of filmmakers um which is very uh, scary <laughs> and then when you get through you get through and you get the money and that you get to make it and um so so yeah it was kind of it, it's very collaborative myself and mary had worked before on another film that I actually have at the festival called Soulmate Wanted. Funnily enough, those both those films were made within a couple of months of each other. So it was like we were very, we got to know each other very well, myself and Mary. Um, and uh, so we kind of said after we had pitched um, Soulmate Wanted and we got funding for that, we saw that Virgin Media was coming up and Mary kind of had an idea. And um, the second I, I kind of read it, I, I knew that I, I wanted to, to make it. So like the some of the core themes of, of Unhinged are about kind of perception, the fat phobia, body image and online dating. And um, I feel like you know, there's there's not many of us who don't identify with kind of body image issues or I suppose um the kind of the 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 pressure that we have on ourselves to per, to like kind of present ourselves in a certain way. And I I just was really passionate about the idea and obviously telling it through comedy as well. Um really passionate about using comedy as kind of like a vessel to um, talk about um, nuanced topics um, make them laugh and then give them a message um, and and yeah so it was very collaborative uh, but Mary's the absolute brains of the operation she's she's the best and it's beautiful there's so much heart in it as well um, Jada Jada tell me about uh, the writing process of Ghosted then how many drafts did this go through did it look very different maybe when it was in pitch stage yeah, definitely. So Sarah Jane um uh, wrote it for actors creator um and uh, yeah went through a good a good few drafts and stuff and like because I'm a writer as well I was you know giving notes and things at a certain stage when she brought it to me so um the ending did completely change um it was a completely different uh, ending at the start and um and we kind of I I mean I I didn't do any writing on it um I and uh, but I just kind of collaborated with her in terms of of reading it and and giving notes and stuff but she was fantastic as she's just such an amazing um adept writer and and she took the notes and she changed them she made them her own she made her own vision out of that so um how many drafts I don't know um but uh, a good few and, and she worked really hard on it as well and I think when you get like a fantastic writer and performer like like Sarah Jane or, or like Mary as well who is absolutely stunning like I saw um your other film that that's on in the festival as well um and it's absolutely it's phenomenal um uh, zoe and um and i loved unhinged so much it's just you get like those fantastic writers and performers that just have such fantastic vision that is both visual and then they can turn it into text they are just um gems of people so it's really great to work with people like that 100 yeah. work with good people and they make you look good 
yeah and i i really i just so um connected Aoife to your film uh, uh as <laughs> just even thinking about the writing process and like looking at that i was like this is me and i 100 yeah it's like it's it's like a perfect encapsulation of exactly that kind of thing and i i feel like uh i myself have perched on um uh the side of my uh kitchen counter trying to fix a radio at least um, <laughs> at least philosophically <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I have, I have been like, oh, I'm just gonna go up and like cut that melon. Are you hungry? No, no. I'll, I'll just, I'll just go up and cut it for later. And you can be like, oh yeah, I, th- I think there's some socks on the floor in the other room. And it's always, it's always when there's a long form project on the table yeah. that I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna sit down. Like you do, like it's so visceral when you're watching her as well, and she's so natural, Aoife. Like it's Mm. just, it's, it's. That's what I thought was so funny. Like actually, that's what I loved about everything. There were like there were ridiculous moments, but actually there was so much played straighter, which I really enjoyed because it means you're sort of in the emotional arc of what's there. And the reality of it a little bit more, because, again, everything has that sort of truer themes that they're dealing with underneath all the all the works of art. So I think it kind of it, it brings you on board in that way where, yeah, but I I, I really, Aoife, when I watched yours, I did squirm about four times like on her behalf I'm like oh no don't I've heard people be like I, I this is wrong Kaifa stop it like this is uncomfortable but I I with actually it's funny with the three films I watched I, like I feel there is that like you said Zoe with the you know comedy it's tragedy under over comedy you know but there there's all these serious not serious serious issues but very real issues and feelings going on under the surface but you know dealing with it through comedy is often the best way to <laughs> grab it um and life is often tragically comical for the most part so uh I'm glad you connected in that way but I'm sorry for I know like some people literally have PTSD from the zoom call uh scene alone <laughs> I was like I'm not like you know I need to go on in my life and have captured that horrendousness of the zoom initial the initial stuttering and all that stuff so Oh, it if was you so haven't said you're on mute about four, you're on mute, you're on mute, you're on mute about four times in your life. You're just, you haven't lived like you'd still, <laughs> you didn't have a pandemic. Like that was kind of like the catchphrase. Um, so I just want to talk a little bit now about the process of actually shooting it. Um, so uh, Aoife, tell me a little bit about, so you, was this self-funded film yeah, um, wow. so no, I didn't uh, go through a development fund for this. Um, I think I just had a sense of urgency about making it and I kind of felt a bit like I'm not doing the other thing that I wanted to do. So I was like, OK, I'm just going to do something to kind of get back on the horse of filmmaking. I'd been a while since I'd made my last thing. And I so I was really like trying to keep it as easy as possible for myself, like easy as possible for myself. But um, I thought, how can I do a contained project? Um, So, you know, uh, I just had some of my own savings, basically. And then I I had friends that I had. I I did uh, directing in London and I'd made a lot of great friends from that. So and they're all off doing different things. But luckily, they've kind of have, you know, my editor who I've worked with on a lot of stuff. uh, She went and she ended up in the NFTS so she helped me out with the editing 
and you know I pulled a lot of friends together basically and then shot it in my own flat in London so um but basically did that for two days um I don't live there anymore so it's okay yeah, it's fine. doesn't um, matter if oh everything's wrecked everything's great yeah. it's fine. Well, people thankfully were very respectful I was very paranoid but uh luckily it wasn't too messy a job like the the sand scene in the thing was probably the biggest worry I was like oh god there's gonna be sand and everything um so the it really yeah it was a bit of a guerrilla fi filmmaking on this one like uh purely because it was more just a personal challenge and, and a story I wanted to tell in a contained way but um definitely I would doing something again I would and I'd love to hear more about uh Zoe and Jedda's experiences of you know getting their funding and applying for that process which I haven't really done for short films before so yeah, and it's but I mean, I must say just watching it, you wouldn't know it wasn't a funded short. I just didn't see a thing attached to it, which is why I was like, oh, I wondered how that was um, done. And I I mean, I've, I recognize Leandro. He was your colorist, wasn't he? Leandro. Um, yeah, Aruka was our colorist for Unhinged. We have a podcast with him coming up now in the next few oh, weeks. So I was like, oh, oh. he's so lovely. Like, he's so talented. So lovely. lovely to see how like gorgeous everything is but again it's just it's the the polish of it it just looked so put together the pacing of it was so it was so good but it is like it's a slog and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. chat with you Jada next but I mean I know the actor and creator scheme is not <laughs> is not the the check that that is written for that well does not cover what I saw on the screen anyway that's good. That's good. I think when you work with really cool people, it kind of it adds to the production value. So we had Alba Fernandez um, shooting it and she colored it as well. And she's just like a stunning cinematographer. So I think you can kind of see that on the on the screen, which is great. Um, but yeah, it is. It's a small little pot for actor as creator. So you kind of have to really, really get creative um, with it, which is a nice challenge, too. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of it's a but but it's it's really nice to see um films that are not funded by state bodies looking so slick as well, you know, like Eva, your your film is is stunning looking, you know. So it's it just goes to show you, yeah, definitely more money does help. Um, but it's it's also the people that make it that make it look great, you know. Can I just say, but uh, and I want to hear the rest of yours, Jedda, just to uh the cinematographer of mine, Tom Symington, he was amazing and he he was a student in nfts and he's such a talent so he was brilliant to work with um and I did, if i didn't mention him so yeah yes any any plugs all all are welcome <laughs> that's what we're here for um but yeah Jay, but tell me about um do you know like prepping this because again it's a it's a very um like it's long it's ambitious there's a lot of locations there's um a lot of a lot of setups there's there, and and you know like a, a a bunch of different setups that are need to get the idea across and I'm just and again the pacing plays such a key role like even you know how the murder podcast um is there just just describe to me about you know what's your um process in getting that do you analyze the script beat by beat do you you know like work with actors to flesh it out how what's your process yeah absolutely like I'd be very actor um centric as a director and and obviously very tech centric as well and is that's your theater background because you've done amazing work in theater as well oh, <laughs> thank you yeah it's it's really weird because I, I I did um 
film school, I did uh, IDT originally, so I always wanted to make films, but uh, it ended up that I, I did a lot of theatre as well because it was um, cheaper and shorter and you get an immediate reaction. So, you know, people aren't necessarily booing you uh, these days, although they won't laugh if your joke isn't funny and you'll immediately see it. So, um, and you'll get either one star or five stars in the Times the next day. So that was a handy thing in that it was much shorter of a turnaround and cheaper to do. And you kind of get to to know kind of what when your work lands and when it doesn't. Um, but I always made films in between. Um, it's just a little bit more expensive uh, to make films, so they, it takes longer. Um, but yeah, so like my prepping will always be very, I, I tend to be quite um, fastidious with it. So I will kind of um, break down a script um, uh, with the cinematographer, kind of it, I do a lot of visual references and stuff and storyboards. Um, if I have the the editor on board as well, I'll, I'll try as much as possible to shoot um, for the edit. And especially with comedy, I'm sure you guys feel that as well, is thinking about those cuts like Zoe, the way that um, you cut out in the um in the parking uh, lot scene the car park scene where all of the boys were around uh mary and chatting to her and then suddenly you get this cut out to the wide like it's so it's so funny but it's so emotional at the same time and it's like i'm sure you did a lot of prep for that as well like i think thinking of the edit especially with comedy is so important yeah it's um it, it was really interesting for unhinged like I have a bit of a I have a bit of a, a, a multidisciplinary background so I I this is unhinged is my first film as a director so um I pr produced before um I did unhinged um so um but then when uh, when I kind of started out in the industry I did a lot of editing um so that was my way in so I did a lot of editing and uh, editing commercials and editing kind of like short form things. Um, so it kind of I, I suppose I never really thought of it, but I'm sure that might have helped in terms of um, just shooting for putting it together. But also we had the most incredible editor ever who was just so good. John Cutler edited um, Unhinged and he is just so good um so so funny he's really got such a directorial hat as well like he is just like it was a breeze so like we we went in and like I was fully expecting like we had a baby on our set so that was an interesting one and we had I I think it was 10 actors I'd only, never worked with that many actors ever um I just shot um So Might Wanted which is our other film and that had one actor. So it went from zero to 100, zero to 10, one to 10 uh, very quickly. Um, but uh, when we got into the edit, like when you have a really experienced editor, it's just like he just made me feel so at ease. Um, and I was like, oh, OK, wow. You know, when there's that many um, actors, you have to get so much coverage. So you're kind of like it was all go. The We, we shot it in three days. Um, so it was just all go for those three days. There was no time for, for thinking, really. What? Yeah. Three <laughs> day shoot. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's funny, like ours was ours was funded. We were really, did your, really did your AD survive? Uh, just about <laughs> just about Claire Cassidy, I'd say she lost a few hairs. <laughs> um, I've aged her like. <laughs> oh, I know. We all aged. I've spent the past year growing back my hair. It was it's been great. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's funny. Like uh, we were really lucky to to have um unhinged uh, funded, 
Um, but it's so funny how quickly all of that just fades away. You're like, oh my God, this is going to be great. But then it just kind of, especially with Unhinged, Unhinged, one of the things we really invested in was the actors um, we made sure. And obviously when you have 10 parts, it just goes very quickly over over three days. So um, uh, we wanted to make sure that we had the right people and um, everyone mixed. And that was the main thing for me. I wanted to make sure that we had um, the best people for, for the parts. And and um, then we had location moves, obviously, <laughs> and uh, multiple locations, which was uh, which was extras. And extras and yeah, so it was it was definitely uh, a challenge. Like I I produced an actress creator short, Jenna. So I I know like literally uh, I know it's like you're going in. You're like, what can we do? Um, but uh, it's so funny. I think obviously as as things progress and hopefully we all get the big big girl budgets. Um, there's still always things that need to be sacrificed, and you still don't always get the the toys. But I suppose when you have when you have the right or you kind of when you have good producers as well they they do direct you in the in the right sense and to what to dedicate the money to and I suppose each of you like I'm sure in terms of your actors in terms of like the the kind of production value that you want to put in it you know instinctively where kind of your priorities lie and that's I suppose the smaller the budget you're prioritizing like less things um or or things kind of come to the fray very um very quickly like I suppose um Aoife I'm sure like that's one of the things I was so curious after watching Panic like like the casting like that that performance is so strong and so and it has to be held for for so long like that must have been such an interesting process like did you know your actress beforehand or how did you find her no, uh, I got really lucky as well because um, it was really tricky because I'm based in London and I wanted somebody Irish uh, accented and I kind of I find it's hard like some people who aren't Irish can try and recreate an Irish accent but it can be quite tricky <laughs> we didn't have time for that kind of dialect coaching or anything so I was looking for Irish actors and I, you know, I was the one reaching out to people. Um, so I didn't have quite, because it was during the pandemic as well, it was hard to get, we couldn't do any face-to-face really. Uh, so I was trying to get a lot of, um, yeah, just seeking out a lot of people online. And I saw uh, the main actress, uh, she, her stage name, Roisin Brown is her name. Uh, she, yeah, she just had this brilliant show reel that just showed a lot of really naturalistic acting. Um, and yeah, no, I, I reached out to her and we had a chat and then basically she came on board quite quickly, but I could tell, I just could see by her, her other stuff. Um, I, I don't know, sometimes, you know, if you just see something even within a reel, it really, um, yeah, stuck. And then when I was working with her, she was just so brilliant. She was just up for, up for anything in the sense that, you know, she, was like, what do you want me to do? No makeup grand. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna be this mess for two days in general. And yeah, she was just very natural. And I pushed that to be as naturalistic as possible, not because you can get hammy quite quickly, obviously, uh, with certain physical comedy as well, you know. But I think the comedy comes from her struggle, sadly, her actual serious struggle. Um, so yeah, I know it. I had a few actors I looked at, but um, I really did get lucky there. Um, I think I would have not 
done it if I hadn't found the right person, though, because I think it wouldn't have worked had the wrong person been on screen, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it worked, thankfully. And uh, it even really got- works. Yeah. She's amazing. Um, oh, so good. Yeah. Like you said, that could have so easily, like even just a notch, a notch stronger and it wouldn't feel as real and relatable as it does like she just plays it so quiet that quiet confidence um is so impressive and obviously from your directing as well like it's it's um such a great performance um really oh well I'll be sure to tell her and uh hopefully she hears this but I I was gonna say no likewise and genuinely that whole thing with comedy and sometimes it can be too heavy handed and it was so beautiful both your performances because I'm very attracted to that very naturalistic acting but also your speaking of timing as you were Jeddah earlier uh the you know the timing of little moments um for example um uh you know let's say Jeddah and your even just a fl- when she was like checking the uh receptionist name in a card and that little flick uh you know or um uh Zoe like when yeah with the three boys and just the the bathroom moments or them looking in the mirror and just all these little or the slight eye rolls in the office just all these little moments all that is underplayed but to perfection in a way you know because it just doesn't work otherwise uh because I think you can just get really sick of everyone like trying to get that laugh in the back kind of thing you know so Oh, yeah, definitely. You can really burst comedy so easily as well, especially on screen, you know, like mm. you, if you in any way tried to pursue a joke, it's gone. You know, it's like I, I totally agree. It's about taking it deadly, deadly seriously. And and, you know, hopefully the joke is, is well written enough that it's funny, you know, and also having a great like editor as well for that, like Keith Jordan edited um, Ghosted and he's a he's a writer and director, too. I think he has he does have a, a short um Jill and Lil do knickknacks which is on in, in the festival as well so he's in and of himself a fantastic uh, comedic director and writer and it's just getting people with that comedic sensibility and surrounding yourself with those people is always really helpful yeah and it's it's really wonderful I really want to talk about like that sort of like once you're finished with your shoot as well finding it like I'm just wondering you know when you come back and you've all your rushes and you do your like assembly and it's you're like, oh God, it's not quite there. Is it even in there? You know, like that moment. I don't know. Was there ever anything like that? And then finessing it and and working with the sound mix. Um, so I'm just I saw that you'd worked with um Element Post, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Did they do the whole thing? So Element did our um our grade. So Leandro um Aruka did our grade, uh John Cutler did our um uh, did our edit. Um, so it was, um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting, like going into that, like, again, it was such a whirlwind of a, of a shoot that I was like, I don't know what's there. And thank God for our, um, our, uh, script, uh, supervisor, Ali O'Till, or else I would have been completely lost. (laughs) There were so many times in the shoot where she saved my bacon. Um, she was very, very good. Um, and that was the first time. That role is so important I think it's one of the roles that I am like I will I will Mm. go without a makeup person even though that's really important I will shine someone's face myself even though it's like it is so important and it's part of the visuals but like without there's so much can go unusable like 
Mm. like unbelievable she definitely came to the day came to save the day a few times because we had a lot of actors a lot of coverage um a lot of dialogue so um it was it was definitely uh, a challenge and I'd never worked with the script uh supervisor before we just never I've never had the budget for it um so it was like um just priceless really um and then when we got into it into the edit it was um I was like oh god it's all there wow there we go and and as well like John just knew how it, it was it was just a really um seamless relationship between myself and himself he just knew how to cut it and he knew the pace and and then that's also a testament to Mary's writing as well like the writing when, when it's on the page when it's written like all it is is about delivering it so like Mary just wrote a very very strong pacey script um and she's just she's so good at that um she knows how to write a short film sometimes you guys know yourself sometimes it's it's just really hard to get a, a good old story in 15 minutes like it's hard How to sell that pages so. was the script though because it felt like there was a lot of out of interest it felt like there was like just so much like dialogue and bits and bobs back and forth in different sections that I was like I was like how does this fit on 15 pages <laughs> you know I think it was about 15 pages. She might kill me now for saying that. Yeah. I think it was around 15 pages as far as I remember. But also like one of the things in the, it, we were really lucky to have in the pre-production to have opportunities to, to audition as or not audition, uh, rehearse as well. So I brought in um uh, the ghosts and uh, Mary, uh, who was her side, um, uh, to, to actually play. And there was so much that we discovered through that as well. Like so much um, of the physical comedy, like John with the tampon machine in the bathroom, um, our feminist guy, like that wasn't in the script, you know, but he brought that in. So like one of the things that was really important to me when we were casting was I really wanted um, actors who who could improv who, and who were confident as, to improv because I really wanted to have that, um natural flow of 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 the jokes and I wanted them to be able to bring something that maybe I hadn't thought of um my whole thing is I want you to feel like you can play and I feel like I want you to be able to discover what you want to bring uh to the character and and we can work together on that so it was we we're really lucky I know oftentimes you don't get that opportunity so it really made a huge difference on the shoot days that we'd already kind of done that work together and and kind of they'd been able to shape their characters um organically before we stepped on set you know so uh so yeah it was it was yeah there it was 15 pages I think <laughs> I have to go back and look <laughs> Okay, the improv I'm, thing makes sense because I was just like, I, I could not. There was just, and like so many tiny little moments. I was like, if that's taken up like that much, I was like, I don't know how to fit. And I was like, I, w I want that script. To, like, I want that kind of like software that fits all 115 pages because it's just beautiful. <laughs> and there's so much visually happening on the screen at any one point as well, like that there, there's like a real energy to it. Um, one of the things actually, I'm, I'm going to chat with you, Aoife, as well. Do you feel like, again, pacing was so important um, did anything change for you as you were editing it? Did any beats become bigger or smaller or did you have to shift anything? Uh, yeah, I know. So my editor, uh, Donnie McGuire, who is brilliant, um, I she's caught most of my uh, or short films together. Uh, we've worked together a lot. Um, but yeah, so... I think I because I just had one location, you know, and you guys, oh my God, like I'm watching these. I'm like, how is this whole story in 15 minutes? You've got so many 
brilliant locations and actors and scenes going on. Um, I can't even begin to imagine it. Um, so for us, yeah, with us, it was like playing with the comedy, like, for example, the kitchen radio scene, like we, we did one really long take of that or two long takes, let's say, of in a wide of her doing putting it together. And then a lot of smaller takes. And that was so long, that scene. It was like a half an hour in itself, you know, and just really trying to break it down, down to get that beats just right. Um, so it was quite challenging. There was moments of and getting the right cuts together as well, uh, especially it was um, a lot of handheld stuff. So you were afterwards, you're looking, you're like, oh, God, we don't quite have that. You know, we've kind of gone all over the place. But so, you know, you're working to that getting the comedic timing as well as visually making it look make sense um so like so with those kind of scenes and again for like the dance sequence let's say there was so much of that that could have you know that was quite funny and I wanted to have a lot more and she was really doing a lot of silly stuff in the living room um but you kind of want the joke to be there and I think there we you know the bit I'm talking about when it's oh yeah and, the, and it's beautifully yeah, heightened kind of dreamland and, to, and yeah. glamorous and then you pull back and it's so awkward and yeah, uncomfortable so, and cringy exactly. and she flops over the couch like it's a brilliant like that's just a beautiful visual gag as well yeah so like you know a part of me was like oh it's, it's so funny what she's doing in this real world but you know once you get the joke you're like we just don't need the rest of it and I have that for her because she really committed to dancing around the living room for so long but so I'm um, yeah, in terms of the timings, uh, yeah, that's the main things. Like there was only one scene we lost, really, because I think, as you guys can imagine, if you're shooting in only two or three days, everything is precious and you really are trying to make sure it all hopefully can fit in. Um, but uh, yeah, like everything, it's like they say, you kind of end up throwing out half the production when you're in the edit and trying to just create this new feeling once you add the music and the sound effects and everything. So uh yeah uh but I actually just wanted to ask Zoe about because you're talking about editing and timing and uh because you were limited to three days and you have some scenes where it's like uh three the three uh tinder characters are with her and then they're not with her how much did you pre-plan that or were you did you shoot a couple of scenes where it was like okay we're going to do a bunch of it where she, there she's alone and when she's together and played with intercutting that more mm -hmm. Um, for for a lot of the scenes where the where the ghosts were, um, we would now, um, Claire or Claire Cassidy, our first idea was like, no, we don't, we didn't do it like that, um, but we did it, um, where um, Sive or Mary, um, was alone. And then we'd, we'd shoot it again with the guys in it so that we'd always have we'd always have kind of that coverage. So um, any angle that we'd have, we'd shoot her originally alone and then with the guys in um, so that we'd have that um, bit to play with. Um, mm. And it was always it was always amazing to see um, Mary perform before they come in and the difference, because even like she's she's so good. She there were so many times where she could definitely have, have broken character and like burst out laughing. And she she just was zoned in. And like, again, Mary, this was her first time ever acting for screen. 
so she's again superstar so so talented um so like you know for a, a, a actor who might not have that experience like it's it's hard being on a set with those lads they're so funny but she just um she just knew what she was doing and she was she was really in the zone and um she was so so brilliant on the day and again like being being uh playing it straight against the guys just um makes it all the more funny hopefully <laughs> um, but yeah so it was it was definitely that's that that's what really added to the whole schedule um or a rush of it all was because yeah. we had to get that coverage like yeah but but there's so much to get anyway um one of the one of the best moments and I don't know how she kept a straight, straight face was um when she was being and I'm not going to like reveal exactly what it is because it's just a very funny beat but when she was um consoled in her moment of grief by a helpful fact by a gym guy <laughs> yes yeah that's just, you know the really... expectation is there it's going to be something profound and then there's that literal that literal that nugget and I kind of think mm-hmm. like as the one who's kind of been in her position uh it's it's very truthful <laughs> Yeah, like that—that that is honestly one of my favorite moments from Shane. It like I—I I just see, even though he's saying the complete opposite of what he wants to say, I suppose. Um, like there's so much. There's just this like little micro um expression there that just doesn't match with what he's saying. So keep an eye out if you're watching it. But it's it's just heartbreaking. Um, and and funny and heartbreaking. <laughs> and it and it shows like that that kind of toxicity in men where it's difficult to connect. But I also think who does a really good job of that is Ali Hardman's performance, because her like obsession about that you get even though her character is like ridiculous that it's a real problem with self like it's a self pain that's there that that obsession stems from and I think that's why the writing I think that's why the writing just across the board was beautiful um there's just so much nuance to everything uh Jada one of the things that I loved about yours was there's chemistry too like it's um between the two leads you have like I, I kind of feel like it's almost a romantic comedy between them and you know the 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 male antagonist is there and you know like when the reveal is they're linked to basically um what is it <laughs> technically the romantic interests uh podcast habit <laughs> like yeah. it's it's just it's just lovely and it says so much sort of truthfulness and I'm just wondering about finding again that that pacing in the edit about layering it with sound did anything shift for you there did anything change yeah, definitely. Like, I think, you know, it's there was a lot of setup at the start. So like that kind of the, the script required a, a huge amount of setup at the, the beginning. And you really want to be able to get into the heart of the tone of the piece as soon as possible. So I think that was something within the edit that we were trying to do the push and pull with is is like, um, you know, embed the tone of it as soon as as soon as you can, you know. So like I think that was that was a bit a big challenge. Like even we did a lot of pivots on the shoot as well, kind of prior to that. We lost a location or there was a location that was completely unavailable to us and we had a full scene to shoot. Um and we were in a park at the time. So I asked, can't remember who I asked, I actually think it may have been our producer Maggie um, to try and find a um, a playground nearby because I was like, if there are swings, 
we can make this scene dynamic and we could put one of them on the swings and we could do it that way because we had lost like a house um, and it was a completely different scene but we needed to find something that was a good location within about five minutes so she did she was fantastic and we found that so there was a lot of pivoting on on the day and then not as much in the edit but certainly trying to get that tone right especially at the start you really want to start very strong with your tone in terms of like in terms of a comedy or a horror you know like any kind of genre piece you want to go this is the genre you know within the first couple of seconds so it's always a challenge to get that you know down I was gonna say Jetta like for me it really took off when the two gals are connected and I think um like there also is there's such a similarity between the performances in both films in terms of I just think there's just such that confidence um and and the chemistry between the two gals like how did you um how did you kind of um, fuel that fire or did they know them each other beforehand or because I just felt like everything it felt so natural they were they really did um like I could just relate so so much with that um relationship especially now like when especially at the age that they're at when um, people are at different stages of their lives and it's so easy to disconnect um from your friend and really they're our soulmates. I think that's a Sex and City quote, you know. Maybe our friends are soulmates, are our soulmates, and boys are just people we have fun with. Um, this is my culture, um, <laughs> film background. Um, Excellent but, um, I just, I just would love to know how you kind of create curated that uh, through the process. Well, I watched lots of Sex in the City. Um... <laughs> <laughs> No, it was. I, I'm so glad uh, that came across. That's great. Like, um, what was really interesting is that Hannah James Scott and Sarah Jane Scott happened to be cousins. Um, oh. That worked really well. Um, and Sarah Jane had written that character for Hannah, so um, she had had it in her brain the whole time that they would ha- be this kind of a duo. But I didn't get the chance. We did a little bit of a. Uh, rehearsal but I'm always a big advocate it's great to hear that you guys were doing rehearsal as well because my god rehearsal is fantastic and we don't get to do enough of it um uh in film but like we did a small bit of rehearsal and kind of um but it was really when when they got on location that we were able to get them to spark off each other a little bit you know and um and making sure that you know they had the time to to cultivate those two characters and to work against each other and to to kind of um uh, you know get those two tones right as well and like when we had Ashley Durrell in as well as our a receptionist she's a phenomenal um uh a comedic actor um as well as Adam, Adam Trainer, who's our um our man um just getting giving them the chance to kind of sink into to the reading of it and um and giving them as much freedom as possible but you know um restricting them when we needed to was I, I think you know, gave us that um that lovely connection that they had, you know, and treating it like a a love story, you know, like treating it like that was the romance. It's there's like you kind of the film pivots and you kind of go, well, no, it's 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 always been a romance between the two women, you know, which is what I love. So yeah. And tell me a little bit about um what would be the one lesson you would go back and tell yourselves afterwards and I'll let you kind of chip chime in with this what like that you'd go back and go oh god never do this again definitely do this again (laughs) maybe next time we'll go for this what would be like the just if you had like one that jumps out in your mind right now what would it be um I think I'll give you a general answer because I think it's something that I keep on learning on every film 
Um, and I just learn it harder every time, you know, but it, it's just trusting your gut. Because sometimes I will betray my own gut for outside opinions or outside and, and collaboration is certainly at the center of what I do. But when when you have an option coming from elsewhere and your gut is saying, no, it's this, if you don't listen to it down the line, you're going to realize that you, you're going to remember you didn't listen to it. And again and again, I'm learning that, you know, every single time it's like your gut is never wrong you know, and following that. And sometimes it can be really hard to follow your gut as well, you know, um, especially when you have so many fantastic people around you. Um, it's it's hard to do that or it's hard to speak up, you know, and kind of go, no, this does sound insane, but I'm just going to follow this road, you know. And I always regret when I don't follow that road, even if it's wrong, you know. Um, so I think I keep learning that again and again. <laughs> and Zoe. Yeah, I definitely agree with that sentiment. Can I use that one? <laughs> no, 100%. I think I think we're, you know, so inclined to just second guess. Even just myself personally, like I remember going into it being like, oh my God, let's, you know, you're just kind of, I remember those feelings. And it's so funny because now I see it and I'm like, everything was fine, you know, Um you're kind of for me it was such a mammoth personally like um unhinged and uh then like everything that either you're going to bring something of yourself to it and that's the reason why it's going to be good or successful and for me it was I had to sit and be like what what is the thing that I bring what or what what do I feel most comfortable in and for me I, I, I love working with actors and I, and that was all I wanted was just more time with them want to spend more time with them play like have fun and go into it and just focus on that and kind of let everything else happen on the outside um but I suppose um for me like I suppose like I, I try and do this every time and um I think uh I think it would be a general piece of advice is just always like work with good people because I think like good people makes good work and you're only a very very small cog in the machine and I was really really lucky to work with good people skilled people and um just sound people as well because I think like people um it's it, it's very quick to forget that it's such a long process making a film even even just a short film you're you're definitely bar you know the actual making of it you're in this for another maybe two years on of a festival run as well so like make sure that um you bring good people around you and people who are passionate about say the genre that you're working in comedy as well like people who love comedy people who love that genre um and we'll just add um and um bring that texture to the film that you or that those ideas I always say ideas come from anywhere it doesn't necessarily I'm not necessarily the ideas person it could be from anyone um so I think um I think yeah just just um work with good people that's that's the advice and Eva <laughs> yeah I know well I think there are two excellent pieces uh, I try to follow myself and uh you know trying to establish at the beginning of the film the it kind of comes top down as well the, the culture of on set and you know how you want people to be treated and I'm always 
feel like strongly about everyone is valuable on set uh, no matter what your role and everyone can have something to add and you can still keep true to your vision without uh, like compromising that just by hearing other ideas if there's a moment of being stuck or it frees up the room a bit but I, I will say what I've done with actors before that has helped me a lot is kind of gotten to know not just discuss kind of their own insights into the character but also their techniques sometimes they've trained in different methods and it's been really helpful to know you know how they like to be like if they want to be left alone or if they're breaking down do they want me to check in with them or do they want to have like their moment or uh because sometimes you can hinder their process um if you try to be too overly concerned sometimes or if you're not checking in enough so sometimes it's good to really just establish the the baselines of how people like to work um really with all factors both actors and people on set like lunchtime some people might want to go for a walk on their own not want to be in this communal section there you know so that all helps with the culture on set as well and then I feel like that can add to being feeling good on set being with good people and then the results ultimately usually hopefully turn out good so so that that's fabulous um thank you guys so much for chatting with us i i had like eight other questions but i won't i'll let you guys go <laughs> enjoy we'll be very shortly seeing your films on the big screen in the lighthouse cinema and generator hostel as part of the dublin comedy international film festival a really brilliant festival and um, like there's a brilliant team this year i would heartily recommend anyone who's a fan of good crack good company jokes humor but like camaraderie I, I find it like a really welcoming fun social film festival it's not it because it's it's in two separate hubs there's a real like in between films people kind of hang around and chat which I which I love I think it's a great thing to have because you know comedy is so uplifting it's lovely to share it uh, but yeah no these are three beautiful funny relatable <laughs> heartbreaking at times films uh, that will be really enjoyed on a big screen so thank you so much well, thank you so much for having us. Good luck. Can't wait for the festival.